Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And I'm Leah Bross. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is re-watching the film and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we watched 2018's Border. And man, oh man, do I have a lot to say about this film, which may be one of the best films, the most enjoyable film-watching experiences that I have had in the last decade. That's And I am not shitting you. Why was it so enjoyable? So... Wait, before before you say that even, my overarching question, obviously this is one that you had seen before. Yeah. Um, Before you even get into your first time, I'm really curious why you watched it, like where you found it, what drew you to it. Right, right, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the story of my first time. Oh, well, then please do go on. It's <laughs> <laughs> the story of the first time I saw the movie. So, I will occasionally go on, I have an Apple TV, so I'll go on iTunes and I will browse for whatever happens to be playing. And um, I like to look at the independent films and I like to look at, like, the recent discoveries category because um, sometimes there'll be some fun, interesting stuff that just isn't out there in the mainstream. Um, and this one, I... I saw it and I clicked on it and I clicked on it, I feel like at some point, because this was probably early last year, maybe. So this came out and I think it was released in the summer of 2018. So it probably was early last year, early 2019 when I saw it. I remember you talking about it. It wasn't too long ago. So I was either in the midst of getting divorced or already on the other side of the divorce. I was definitely in a weird place in my life. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, which just kind of aligns with my experience watching it but um so I find it on iTunes I see it I kind of kind of set it aside in my mind of like yeah I'd be interested and then I I think I saw it again and I was like you know what I'm just gonna watch this I was intrigued by the the idea that it was about a woman who could smell emotions and that it was described as a fairy tale of sorts Mm -hmm. and that really clicked for me I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro's work um pan's labyrinth and the devil's backbone and that idea of a fairy tale and like kind of there's a not a supernatural element but something else going on um and it's a little bit of a mystery and that's what it felt it's like intriguing and kind of fascinating and a mystery so i turn it on and i don't subtitles don't bother me i'm like whatever um so that didn't bother me this is like a swedish film um but i i just got sucked in immediately i was plugged right in because i was trying to figure out what was going on and that the woman who plays the main character tina and i guess i guess i should explain for people who haven't seen it and which is probably most people let's be honest here's the thing though it's on hulu it's streaming on hulu right now so you have hulu you can go watch it for free yeah but i i can't imagine it's also a foreign film i can't imagine there are too many people who have seen it well it was trending on hulu last night Lindsay. so i think people are watching yeah but i think that's just because i clicked on it and it was like oh well Lindsay clicked it (laughs) popular so like a quick synopsis synopsis it's a customs officer who can smell fear develops an unusual attraction to a strange traveler while aiding a police investigation which will call into question her entire existence um so i'm I'm watching it and i'm just fascinated by her so this is a woman and the actress is incredible i her name is what was it ava ava melander yeah She's wearing this makeup, right? So she's meant to look really kind of like a caveman. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of the look like a very kind of weird face and facial features. Yeah, I would say it was definitely kind of Neanderthal. Yeah, Neanderthal looking. And uh, a little bit like a friend I had in high school. Oof. Was she a troll? Kind of. Spoiler alert. She ripped my prom dress too. Bitch. Right? Anyway. Anyway. So I'm, 
I'm just interested in, there are two kind of plot lines going on. There's the one where she is the customs officer and you're trying to figure out how does she have this gift to smell people's emotions. And that's what makes her a really good customs officer because she can just recognize right away if somebody's got something that they shouldn't. And one of the first things, one of the second people she finds, it's um, a little disc with child pornography on it. And that becomes one of the major plot lines of the film. And that is a very disturbing plot line. And there are very disturbing things that happen around it. Um, but then there's this other bit where she's she sees this guy coming through customs. And this guy, the word I was thinking of last night, repellent. He is repellent. He has these gross teeth, and he also looks like a fucking caveman, Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of like... He's got swagger, though. He does. There's something about him, and she is just just fascinated by him and the way that he smells and Mm -hmm. the way that he acts, and he is very kind of creepy, flirty with her, kind of like... I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's fascinating to watch their chemistry. Um, And then as the movie unfolded and you learn more about her, and I was wondering, like, the whole time, I remember watching it last night, so there's this moment where... You must have noticed the resemblance. Yes, you notice the resemblance for sure. So you know that whatever... So I figure she's some kind of a creature, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of creature. And then... And oh, the other did the tail give it away either? The tail didn't give it away, okay. or her lack of a tail, the removal of her tail. Right. The other thing that fascinated me was her connection to nature. Yeah. So you see her. Uh, there's one scene where she's with her shitty ro- roommate Roland, who is a whole other thing I want to talk about. And she goes outside, and she's standing there, and you know that there's something out of the scene that you can't see, and then the angle of the camera shifts and it's a this huge moose and she's standing next to this moose and she starts petting it and they're just like this this kinship with nature and this moose and that i was just also intrigued by so i'm like what kind of creature is she and then there's a scene where further down in the movie the guy who's so she's tina and he is vore vore um there's a moment where he's in the woods and he's he seems ill like he's going through so he's doing something, something yeah. happening to him physically and he's in a lot of pain and i'm like oh shit is he gonna wolf out like what's happening and then he basically has a baby yeah like, but you, you don't knew, you can't really tell but you also you knew uh from the other customs officer that he was not necessarily a he right he had a vagina right yes so the whole thing was very kind of like what are they and who are they and you don't get that until much further in the movie um, after she and Boray had this connection. The other thing, the other thing about this movie that just blew my fucking mind and that I couldn't stop thinking about and I still can't stop thinking about is the sex scene. So we talked about the sex scene in the bronze and how hilarious and great it was. This is, this, this is sex, different. this sex scene, I just, I remember coming to work for like weeks telling everybody about it. And like I think we at the time yeah to be clear I knew I knew, <laughs> I knew what was coming because I coming. told you, we, but what I didn't know which was so I knew about the the little penis, <laughs> but that for me wasn't even the main. Um, I, I mean, I guess had I not known about it and it just kind of would have come out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know though. I think I would have already been somewhat expecting it because you find out that even though this guy is a guy yeah he has a vagina he has a vagina and you know that she can't really have sex there's for whatever reason she there's thinks she's deformed on. right so i don't know if i i mean i wouldn't have expected that exactly but <laughs> i don't know that that would have surprised me as much but what i did love about it was the the violent kind of animalistic yep. quality the uh, the looks on her face and the way that she just like the sounds she made, the way that she just looked like she wanted to devour him. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. She's incredible. And yeah. guys, I want you to know that <laughs> there are a couple of points watching it last night when she first is naked. I'm like, that's how I look naked. And then when they have sex, I'm like, that's how I sound when I come. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Um, but I just thought it was funny. And then you run naked through the woods <laughs> after. So that's the other thing. So that sex scene. But then just the pure... So some of the reviews described it as kind of like a love story or a romance. Mm. The pure joy of those two running through the forest together, swimming together. There, There's something about it. Even last night I was but tearing it wasn't, up. But it wasn't him. I, I never saw it as a romance with him maybe this is because maybe this is coming off of 
you know, knowing that it didn't quite work out with them <laughs> right. in the end. But I still didn't really see it as like she found her one. It was more that it was she found herself. someone like her. Yeah. She found herself. She was exactly so figuring that, out who she is. So they're running through the woods naked and, you know, they're shouting with glee. They're so gleeful. Right, right, right. She's so. But he's just showing her how to be herself. Yes. And then I thought watching it again last night, I was filled with joy watching it. Like so happy for her and just overwhelmed by it. So I think on the other side of it, it's a compelling story. And it's the story of Tina. And Tina is like the hero that I fucking want and that I fucking need right now. Like, and when I, I didn't, that's the other thing. I read an article, I think in the New Yorker last night, somebody had written it in 2018. They, they went to see it. They knew nothing about it. They were planning on seeing Roma in a theater and then Roma was sold out. So they went to see Border instead. Mm. And they came out. That'd be weird. <laughs> they came out and they said in the article, I wish I could, I could name the person who wrote the article, but it was, a, it was a good article about just the experience of watching it. They came out and there was like a mom with like two teenage kids and she was just like, well, that's the worst movie we've ever seen. And the kids like immediately agree with her and they walk away. And he was just, or he or she, whoever wrote this article was just talking about what a great experience it was going in and not knowing anything. And that is exactly the experience that I had. I didn't know what I was going to get and it blew my fucking mind. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I like watching film. Because every once in a while, you see something that just, just, is just incredible to watch and compelling and the fact that I think it was well shot well acted I just some of the things that they say to each other it's it's just overwhelming the story and and the way that it was done and that there was this this mythical folklorish element of that there are trolls that exist out in the world like this and then there's this genocide that happens and it's just there are so many different themes running through it and I got way more out of it watching it last night than I did the first time. Because the first time, for sure, I was just like, it was unfolding in front of me. And I was like, oh, God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Um, so, and I was trying to think of other movies that gave me that same feeling. I think Pan's Labyrinth was one. Because that was one I didn't necessarily know going in what I was going to get. And there are mm-hmm. these just beautiful moments that happen. Um, so, like insects are something that you see in this film like at the beginning she's got an insect at the end she's got an insect in her hand um and at first when you see her at the beginning of the film you're like oh she just must like insects and in the end you realize her connection to insects is that they're fucking food and that's why she's so fascinated by them but she doesn't know to eat them because she's been living as a human all this time Mm -hmm. um and so in pan's labyrinth there's this moment i think when they first go to the home where they're gonna stay and they're these they're fairies she sees them as fairies and i thought like that kind of called back to that for me. Um, this movie is based on a book or a short story by someone named and I'm going to John be- Lindquist. Yes, yeah. and I, I, I actually- had no idea that this was him. Have, you've seen Let the Right One In, right? Yes, the original because the new one is shit. I haven't or seen Let Let Me In. Is yeah, the I haven't one. seen yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah I figured it'd be shit. Corey Grace but- that original that that movie is incredible and that was it's, another movie that, and I did not know that this it's, was him was his story. I'm buying that book because I need to read those stories. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's... I will say I prefer Let, let the, right the Right One, one in. in. I thought that was like... And kind of speaking to what you were saying too about just being carried away by a movie and not, you know, going in, not really knowing what to expect. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew a little bit about that just in terms of, oh yeah, this... I knew that it was like a vampire story mm-hmm. in general, but I didn't know everything else that I was going to be shown and experience along the way. And yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. So Let the Right One In is another one that I felt like. And then, yeah, I didn't make that connection until last night either, that he wrote the short story that was based on as well. Well, Um, and the screenplay, or at least in part, I thought thought he did both. I think, yeah, I think he did both. And then um, Teeth. I knew what I was getting into (laughs) with Teeth. I still haven't seen Teeth. And it's on the list. I knew what I was getting into. That movie I just found interesting, the element of sex and virginity and all of it. And then another movie that I watched last year, there was a lot of buzz around it, Raw. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. I, I know what you're talking about, though. I know what it is. That is in fucking tense. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that it blew my mind, like, and it didn't really keep my attention, but that same kind of feeling of, like, what the fuck is happening? And, you know, I don't I don't know how else to describe it. But I guess it, I, I, I feel like, too, it doesn't necessarily have to be a crazy out there concept 
that leads me to think what the fuck is happening in order to have what I think is the same kind of experience you're describing. Um, Because I feel like it's a little bit similar to what I had with Wind River. And the reason I chose that movie is because, like you said, you go into it thinking, I don't know, this might be all right. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. And to just be carried away. Mm -hmm. Whether it's carried away with some sort of kind of fantastical, you know, fairy tale or just a really good movie. It just seems so rare that it happens anymore that you can go into something without all of those expectations without all of the you know rotten tomato scores and all the other shit you don't you don't get it with like all the blockbuster movies and like anything that's coming out now that all the directors that people love fucking christopher nolan and fucking quentin tarantino you know what to expect it's like the the craze of like m night Shyamalan. if you go back to unbreakable and the sixth sense everybody thought it was mm -hmm. absolutely incredible because you never knew what to expect going in but man Two, three movies later, you you know, you know what you're, you're just get. sitting there waiting yeah. to be well, surprised and it's never going to work again. I remember last summer when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was out, everybody was like, don't spoil it for people. Don't spoil it for people. Don't spoil it for people. There's so much of that happening now. Even with The Rise of Skywalker, there was all this talk. On but like, even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I knew what I was getting. Tarantino already has done right. revisionist history. He's a revisionist history. historian, yeah. yes. So you know what you're going to get to an yeah. extent anyway. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I, to be clear, I love that movie. I thought it was great. I didn't know it was going to happen. And I didn't know exactly what would happen. I yeah. didn't know it would happen <laughs> the like way it, did, it did, which is amazing. <laughs> I, I still really enjoyed it, but I didn't get that feeling of like, like, I had no clue. And oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. To me, it's, I want to use the word groundbreaking i want to use the word groundbreaking because it feels like something i've never when it's something i feel like i've never seen before and it and it makes me so i i had so many feelings watching it and and watching it again watching border again yesterday i just tina man you know Rava, what i think i just what i think is so amazing about this movie in particular tell too. me tell me i'm glad so, so did you like it um yeah no i did okay I did. good okay because you were like I don't want to watch your fucking weird troll movie. <laughs> this is how you explained it to me. You, this is all that I knew about the movie. You were like, I saw this movie and there's this woman and she can like smell people's thoughts or something. But then it turns out she finds this guy and he's like really ugly. And and so is she kind of. And then like they end up having sex and she has a penis and he has a vagina. And then like at one point he has like a baby and you find out they're trolls. <laughs> That pretty much was, yeah, yeah how I, was I like, described it to everybody in the office. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? But for yeah, like, honestly, if you had told me, first of all, if you had told me, same guy who does Let the Right One In, which maybe you didn't realize I didn't realize, no. But if you had told me that, I would have been 100% in. If you had told me, if you had told me it's similar to a fairy tale, because mm-hmm. you said there are trolls, but you <laughs> certainly did not make it sound as though it had sort of a fantastical so did you, fairy world, fairy realm. So you're just thinking like it's like a it. weird monster movie. Um, or yes, yes, yeah. because I know you. <laughs> so yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. So so what did you what did you like about it? Um, so first of all, the, the the thing that I think is probably the most amazing about it is the fact that these two actors even took on this role. Oh, God. These roles. I honestly, there are a lot of amazing American actors and actresses, 100%. I don't think this movie ever would have been made in America because I don't think they would have been able to find an actress or an actor who would be willing to portray themselves in this manner. Wait, let's think about this. Because the first name that popped into my head for the guy, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> okay, so now it now it just became like your it's weird a monster movie, <laughs> like a really comedic monster. You know, he would have think... insisted he would have insisted on being naked the whole time with everything just like strapped back. And you don't think that um like Matt Damon kind of pulled this one off? I don't. I don't think, and I'm not even necessarily blaming them for it. I don't think that any of them would have taken the chance of being seen in such an ugly way. Christian Bale. Christian Bale could do this 100%. Christian Bale's not American. Fair point. I think that there is such a standard, and, and it's not necessarily just an American cinema. It's true. And, I, and maybe I'm wrong about the American side. Maybe it's more the... Um, U.S. Hollywood stuff. Right, exactly. So yeah. maybe in the independent sector, it could have been done, sure. But I think that there is such a lean towards beauty and what people expect beauty to be yeah. that it would truly be very dangerous for someone who wanted to have a career in the film industry to play a role where they look like a troll and have a fake penis and or look like a troll and have a fake vagina, especially if you're a man, to have a fake. I think there's still a lot of 
Is Charlize Theron, has she not done this? She played Eileen Wuornos. She played a real life person. Okay, fair. But I feel like she's done other movies where she's uglied it up. Uglied it up to an extent, but not become a mythical creature with different genitalia. That is something that will stick with you. Like, think of the memes alone that would occur. I'm just saying, when people talk about, you know, you got this thing here where people are like, oh my god, she's so brave because she wore a swimsuit when she had like five extra pounds on her. Can you imagine Fuck the that. level of bravery? That. Okay, so fair point. Probably couldn't have gotten made in Hollywood. Yeah, or not like it was here. Like it would have been a really... It would have been Hollywooded. Yeah, it, I don't... They it would have been have, They wouldn't up. have been as ugly. They there wouldn't have been have... hairy tits. There wouldn't have been ugly yeah. faces. There wouldn't have been all that like snarling and growling and showing of gross right, right. teeth. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, as far as the movie itself, my experience with it, it, yeah, I, I think what what you said is is right that it it does do a really good job of kind of taking you away into this other world, which you know I love. <laughs> I mean, my most favorite <laughs> movie in the world is all three because they're all three one oh, movie. Here we go. Is Lord of the Rings, but the reason why I love it so much is is it a great story? Is it filled with you know, wonderful, like, yes, it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing story. But I didn't care that much about Lord of the Rings when I sat down to watch it. When I sat in that theater, what happened was I was 30, 20, 30 minutes in and I was transported to a different world. And I'm not easily transported. Mm. So if, if a movie or a story can take me away and make me feel like I'm in a different world, that's impressive. Um, I think, you know, your point about Pan's Labyrinth, that that definitely did it too. And it was, and I, I have a thing about fairies. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had kind of a weird, I don't want to say obsession, fascination, a weird fascination with fairies. And this did play into that a little mm-hmm. bit. I will say I don't know as, so trolls, there's like some troll mythology in Celtic lore but not a lot it's I think more, it's more Norse exactly it's more Nordic right, right? Yeah. Um, so some of it had made its way down but I'm more familiar with the Celtic the mythology yeah. of the exactly of yeah. the fae um, but it was still some of the things that I knew were still really interesting to see woven in like I knew that trolls had a fear of lightning <laughs> because they were driven out by Thor um i i don't think that trolls ever had changelings that i'm aware of at least again i haven't studied them as much but i liked that it was woven in in such a way Mm -hmm. i don't remember what he called the unfertilized egg his his sheet i think his sheet i'm imagining since they had a word for it that that might be a real thing in lore but i couldn't i I don't know yeah because that's definitely i mean that sounded like might be a swedish or a danish word right yeah um but it was it was really interesting just I've always been fascinated with changelings too. And the minute, so the minute she goes to visit her father and you see that her father is seemingly human, Mm -hmm. I I immediately started thinking like, oh shit, I wonder if she was a changeling and he's just blind to the way that she looks because, you know, he's Mm -hmm. assuming that she was actually, like I'm going off into the fairy tale world (laughs) in my own mind. Um, But I thought it was really interesting the way that he said when he was talking about the baby thing and he Mm -hmm. was like, they're basically clay. Mm-hmm. Like they and just, you just squeeze the cheek and it just stays Right. Formed. And then when you see it later, which, yeah, 100%, you got to be expecting that he was going to switch it out for that baby mm-hmm. that he knew. Yeah. Um, but so you, that's great. You, see- you saw that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Oh, you didn't? I didn't. I, the first time I watched it. Yeah, because no, there's a baby just, right there. No fucking clue. Oh, yeah. Uh, but once we found out, once he said that he did that. Like, okay. I didn't think about it right after he had the baby thing because I didn't know it was just like an unfertilized thing that would die. Did you, So did you put two and two together that he was part of that ring? That child-born ring? No. And I, to be honest, am still a little bit confused about, not necessarily confused so much as, yeah, I guess a little bit confused about what he was doing in the ring. He's providing the children. I Yeah, I guess. He's selling babies. But I mean, who exactly bought them from him and what exactly was being done and all of that. That, in my mind, it seemed a little... I guess it wasn't really, it, it seemed a little superfluous, but it, in, it it wasn't really because it also led her to see how awful he was. Yeah. Um, which was. Which is pretty bad. <laughs> that whole, the, what is it when, uh, I can't remember, there's a moment in the movie where she's, they break up or whatever, and it's just her, they meet at the house, at, or the apartment or the guest house where he's staying, and 
she growls at him and he viciously. becomes submissive at one point he does become submissive yeah, I love and that. um i was like great breakup scene if all breakups could go this way i think that's <laughs> what i'm gonna try in my next breakup just growl just growl just back him down with yeah. a growl um so it's talking about like mythological creatures or, or myth not even mythological creatures folklore and um creatures like vampires or werewolves or um well, i guess we could say they're mythological um well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so are they? This the, is from a different time. The Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series of books is one of my favorite. It's the mailman, guys. Did you hear that? It's the mailman. <laughs> you just got to look on her face like, what's happening? It's the mailman. Sorry to interrupt. Anyway, Anita Blake Vampire Hunter. Those books, I started reading them. Part of the reason why I love them is because she lives in St. Louis. Anita Blake does. So all this stuff is happening in St. Louis. And like one of the first books, she talks about how she has to drive to Arnold and she's like dreading it. <laughs> Jefferson <laughs> County. It's yeah. pretty funny. Um, but in this world where she lives, she's a necromancer. And vampires and werewolves and trolls. There are trolls living in the Ozarks. Um, and they all... Uh, fairies, no, that makes sense. Fairies exist. And it's all, so it's this alternate reality where all of these creatures exist. See, here's why I don't like this immediately. Okay. Because there is no evidence that... <laughs> oh, here we go. ...that fairies were ever in the Americas, <laughs> Leah. Well, but, it's, but it's an alternate reality. So I don't I, like it. I don't like alternate realities. <laughs> we can be based in reality because there is a reality in which there is a possibility that these things actually did occur. I... Fair whatever, enough, fair whatever. but it's it's a fun they're fun reads the first like i'd say five or six novels were actually really entertaining it kind of goes off the rails and becomes a lot about sex is this uh, like teen lit no 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 these no, are adult, adult novels okay. these are adult novels and my sister and i actually went to a book signing of hers at a barnes and noble in st peter's years and years ago when my nephew was like a little boy like i mean like a toddler mm -hmm. we waited in the store for hours and hours to have her sign the books and at this point in the series anita blake has become like a succubus and she needs to feed off of sex and she's got all of these she's surrounded by this harem of men who she all she fucks when she needs to fuck nice. and uh <laughs> and Laurel K. Hamilton, the writer of the books. So we go to have her sign our books. And she has there two men with her. And you know, like, those are her men. Like, she's got a young dude and an older dude. And, like, they look just like the characters from the books. It is incredible. Huh. Um, so, yeah. She's an amazing person, Laurel K. Hamilton. God bless her. I love her. Keep doing what you're doing, lady. We think you're great. Um, and, and, and the books, the books were fun to read. Um, and I've stopped reading them after a while because they did get really, um, bit much. It's, it's, it seems odd of me to say there was too much sex, but there was too much sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I yeah. do think the, the sex thing is interesting too, because there's a lot, when you talk about vampires in particular, so much of it is sexually driven. Mm. So much of it. And that was something that was a little bit confusing to me was the swapped genitalia that I in this movie mm -hmm. <laughs> not in vampires um I don't I had not heard that that's a thing with trolls it felt made up <laughs> and I guess I'm wondering why that what I'm just curious what the purpose of that it was interesting mm -hmm. it was an interesting shift but I don't really understand why I think it makes it easy so Tina is someone who longs for family she wants to be a mom and that's obvious um but the way she talks about herself that she can't have kids and she's with this guy roland who we need to talk about roland but roland's a fucking piece of shit why does she have roland around they aren't she she's not interested because in, he's company right i think yes but i think she she wants somebody to love and care for right. her and sure. i think she wants to love and care but for but you could have just else. as easily not been able to get pregnant without the help of a troll and yet or not even have sex like i understand having maybe some sort of different genitalia that is compatible in different ways it just seemed weird to have it be swapped like that i think it's the deformity aspect of it so she has been told that she is deformed yeah no i get that yeah. i'm just so, saying you still could be deformed without having a little penis well i think that she has been asexual her entire life because of this deformity. Mm -hmm. It's not really a deformity. And but I again, you could still have that. That's I what know, I'm saying. I just don't understand why. I the... think it just sets, 
when you think about different species um you still have though like they still were very human-esque and he still looked very much like Like a a man man, and she still looked very much like a woman just with different genitalia so it just it just seemed like not human a really weird story device i don't know it didn't i felt like they're not human and it stands for like lots of animals have different so but she had boobs she did why would you have boobs if you're not gonna nurse probably like tits on a boar hog no useless what i don't understand why you would ever have them it doesn't it doesn't make sense because she feeds her baby bugs so the babies don't so she shouldn't have them i mean they're but she does similar to humans right i know that's but they're saying. not. I'm just accept that. what it is. They're trolls. Don't understand just why. It. I don't. Why does she have tits? Why? Useless as tits on a troll. Male troll. I, yeah. I don't get it. Useless or a male troll. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Was it as an interesting? It was interesting. I just didn't get that particular aspect. So what? What parts of the movie stuck out to you? Like when you were watching, I, I love the the initial sex scene. Um, the like like I kind of said the animalistic quality of it um, was great, and I, I'm not again I'm not talking about like the kind of weird anatom- anatomical aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean just the way that they looked like they just wanted to kill each other eat each other like they were so lost in it mm-hmm. that i thought was incredible and and i also want to say tina is very subdued in in her life and i but She's i feel like you could you could see that in her too you could see that shift in her eyes of mm-hmm. i i want this my body's doing this mm-hmm. wait what's happening like there yeah. was that back and forth too which i yeah. thought was was great well and she just went from saying to him i can't I'm deformed. Because I'm deformed. Yeah. And then she has this revelation of, I'm not deformed. My body works the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, the, again, the, the thing with the the baby egg thing, <laughs> the the way they explained it, I thought was great. You know, oh, it's it's not a real thing. All it does is sleep and eat and it doesn't actually feel anything. And it's like clay. You can mold it. And then you see the baby later with this one there as a changeling. And you can see how they used that clay quality Mm -hmm. you know like because that's the the myth about changelings is that it really is either an infirm fairy baby or like a really old fairy that's put into the place of a baby but with a spell that makes the parents think that it looks just like their their baby baby. and with this one there's no spell in place it's just because it's like clay you can actually mold it to To look look like like a baby so i thought that was it's going to die and it's going to die right but i thought that was really an interesting and unique way to kind of play with that mm-hmm. that myth that it was clay yeah um so that that <laughs> stuck out the dog thing here's my issue with the dog thing are muscular dogs being demonized in our media yes absolutely 100 percent. it's a fact so you and roland are on the same page about this oh yeah for sure definitely but <laughs> that being said <laughs> i don't understand why the dogs seem so aggressive with her when all the other animals didn't and i had a moment i where have a I thought, thought about that I have, a, I have a theory well i had a moment where i thought maybe it's prey versus predator but f- because the moose is a natural prey and mm-hmm. the moose was drawn to her um but the, but fox, the fox was drawn to her too and that's a predator so i didn't i don't understand where that came from i my theory is that dogs are so domesticated they are far enough removed from the rest of nature. She is closer to nature than dogs. I don't think that's fair to say. I don't. And, and do maybe you feel like do you feel like I'm t- talking shit about dogs now? Yeah, I think you do. I think but they're be. so dem- they live in houses. You but saw- they're still animals. They are. But she is happier out in the. And wo- I would say that they are far closer to if we're playing off of the same um, ideas put forth in this movie. They are far closer to being trolls than humans. <laughs> And yet she's living with humans, and humans are responding to her in a better way than the dogs. Are they, though? Yeah, I think they are. Humans For exa- seem so people, to really dislike her and are People were, her. like, looking at her and stuff, people, but they wouldn't stop and growl at her like the dogs That's true, did. that's true. I guess it, what, the way I think thought about it Although was, I did think it was really interesting that so many people stared, because was it hard to look at her because she's kind of ugly? Yeah. Would I have stared? No. I would have maybe taken a double take and then thought, oh, that's an ugly woman, and then turned away. Like, yeah. It's not that. We see ugly people. We do. Um, yeah, I guess I, I was just thinking about it was the domestication thing. Maybe it, maybe that was the yeah. meaning of it. And I it, just, I it don't only, buy Was it, it only Roland's dogs too? Maybe Roland's dogs were just assholes. I don't know 
that she came in contact with other with dogs. With any other dogs. So I don't know. Yeah. But I, I had that same thought this time around too. Like all the other animals seem fine with her, but those animals are out in nature and dogs are domesticated and maybe guess, that has something to do with I it. I don't know. Um, what else? Um, there was, I mean, I, I definitely come back to how amazing she was. She's incredible. The, the actress. Um, and the relationship between her and her father, mm. that was hard <laughs> because yeah. I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to know more. Um, about what exactly happened but I kept I found myself wanting to intervene I wanted to be in her house when he was talking to her about what really happened and I wanted to be like whoa 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 wait a minute though Mm -hmm. you didn't kill her parents right you were at the very least like did you have a good relationship with these people though and and they trusted you to take their child like maybe you were an okay person and you loved her and you guys could work it out and then the other part of her for her entire life that does not mean that he's a bad person though I don't think that he's a bad person at all but to have to come to terms with the fact not only that you have been forced into a life that you don't she feels like an outsider she feels I understand like all of that I'm just saying I wanted to save their relationship oh like I'm just saying I wanted to get in there and make it okay so she would still have someone because at this point you know that she's not really gonna have anyone I mean yeah. yes she does end up with a baby troll in the end I think she goes to Finland. I think that's what happens when, when all is said and done. I think she joins those trolls in Finland. She makes Well, I, but you don't know because they have to find her. So maybe she just did. wanders they, with they the baby. They find her. Who knows what's on the back of that postcard? I think that they sent her that baby and she's going to find them. They did find her. They um, sent it. No, yeah. They sent her the baby and there was a I post- assumed that was her baby that was sent by no, Vori. No. There was a, a postcard in there. That sure. Says, you think that that... So that's yeah, a really I assumed interesting that that was question. Their baby. So you think that's the baby she made with Vore. Yeah. And he sent it to her. Yeah, because he said that he really wanted to be found by them too. So I think it was him saying, hey, I'm not going to take care of this thing. You take it and try to find these people, these trolls. Hmm. That, I was, just, that was, how, I mean, I guess I don't I, know. That I was how I walked away from that them. she, uh, that it was I don't know the, why they would give her some random troll baby to raise. I mean, they're trying to increase, the, like, keep the species going. Yeah, but if they have, like, a commune or something... Where they can raise their own. Why would they give one away? I don't know. I It did cross my mind last night and the first time I watched it. Like, where did the baby come from? But when I saw the postcard from They Finland, had a lot of sex. And he said that he usually drops one of those eggs every few months or so. So, yeah. Come on. They fertilized one of those clay babies. Like, be I, real. Here's the thing. I appreciate Vore for what he did for her to allow her to find herself. Um, I hate him as I'm as not, a person as a as a, yes. as a being of some sort like he is just i get he's just i did love very, i loved his comeback though when she said that he was disgusting and he was like if i were a human i would be but i'm not and i thought that was really interesting too that you know you're living in the human world so you're being held to human standards but if we're getting down to it the reality is you're not a human should you be held to those same standards here's the thing and what Tina said at the end of the movie, this is part another reason why I fucking love the shit out of Tina. Because I really didn't know the first time I saw it if she was going to just go to him. Yeah. And No, I'm definitely glad she did Part of me kind of wanted her to because she was so happy with him. But that she stood by what she felt was right. And when she says to him, I don't see the point of evil. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Th- that's who she is. It has nothing to do with being human or no, I, I agree. It has to do with being a good... But for him, it does have something else. To, and, and I'm not, I well, still think just, he's disgusting and I'm not excusing anything that he's done. I'm just saying it is an interesting argument to make that, hey, I'm, I've been forced to live in this world and abide by these rules, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. He's not being, def- she's not being defined by it. Is that what you're saying? Or well, you're saying he's not being defined. Right. But that's the thing. He was, he, what did he say? He was in an orphanage. Yeah. He was abused. Yeah. I mean, he got the, he got the, shitty end of the stick compared to the life that she's had right which is why i just wish she would talk to her father sure right he did give her a good so life Vor- at least Vore feels justified in what he is doing yeah, because exactly. of the genocide he feels like this is us taking our power back this is us getting which retribution I also really ooh, this this comes back to what i was saying about your author friend and the realistic aspect of the mythos i feel about like laurel, laurel, laurel k hamilton sure yeah 
but I, she's not my friend. She's just awesome. I, I feel on. like you've met, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, she signed a book. Right. I want, I want things to be real, even when they may not be real, if that makes sense. So, so what I mean to seem by realistic. that. Sure. Motivations are there. And no, no, no. I'm not even talking about motivations right now. I've already oh, switched that it gears. All fits, that it all fits yeah. into the, got you. Yeah. Okay. So, so if fairies and trolls are these mythical creatures that have always kind of hidden themselves from humanity mm-hmm. and we now live in the human world, you and I, mm-hmm. and in our minds, they are mythical creatures. And I would prefer when watching a movie or reading a book or what have you to live in that same world and see how they fit in and if that were the case then her father as an example wouldn't have known about trolls there wouldn't have been any genocide or anything because he would have been in a state of mind of trolls are just mythical creatures and I mean yeah your parents looked kind of funny when we and we got you but it was because you have this genetic abnormality Mm -hmm. and like there was a part of me that didn't want there to be any sort of so he had mentioned that his parents were experimented on and Mm -hmm. and you know apparently they were uh, her family was in an asylum, and he said that, you know, they didn't live very long. And so, yeah, there was this kind of genocide. I, I guess two things on that. One, I, it doesn't ring true to me because trolls troll, have been... Troll tro- genocide? Trolls because trolls have been hidden. Like, they should be able to maintain that that level of I mean, what were their forest destroyed and people found well, them no, in, it the, sounds like they just, in the in mountains. Sweden, they were... Like, they were- uh taken and experimented on why why would that have been done in the 70s they've been around since before humans but like what in 1215 we weren't genociding trolls that's genociding so why did world war ii become like why did the holocaust happen and why did it happen then i mean to me it's the same kind of thing it sounds like no because jews have been hunted for pretty much okay well maybe trolls had always been hunted but in the 70s the scientists were like but if if that were true if they'd always been hunted then people wouldn't be thinking that they were mythical creatures she would have put two and two together long ago because she She would would have known about exist exactly okay so trolls are like a secret Right, but apparently they're not. Like, that's what bothers oh, me. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay, I can see that that's kind of weird, that it was like the secret government doctor thing that was happening, but nobody knew about it. Yeah, them. it just doesn't fit in my worldview, I guess. That makes sense. Okay, I can, I can see where you would feel like that's a hole. Yeah. Okay. Didn't cross my mind, but I can see it. Um. The other thing... So that sex scene wasn't disturbing to me. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I um, wasn't disturbed by it. The most, dis- one of maybe the most disturbing things. So we talked about Event Horizon. It's been a couple of months now. And that movie really disturbed me. And part of what disturbed me was you get this clip of what happens in this hell dimension and you hear these sounds and this voice. The child pornography part of it. She, they get into this apartment, right? Because they've, she's sussed out this guy, has this, uh, SD card or something that's got child porn on it and then they need to find where these people are Mm -hmm. and they go to this apartment and they find the apartment and they wait for the people to leave and then they go in and she's she finds inside of this trophy this video camera and this cop she's with opens it up and you don't see it but you hear it Mm -hmm. and that the first time I like I was physically ill about it and it, it makes me ill to think about it now because they're like I had. Oh no, Lindsay! No, why I, are you laughing? I, it's not. It's not funny. Child <sighs> abuse is not funny at all. The, the reason I'm laughing is because I had the same reaction to this as I did with all of that stuff that so deeply disturbed you in Event Horizon. You know how you were talking about like the the orgy where they're like cutting each other to pieces, and you're like, like I just each other. it was so awful, and I just couldn't watch it. And I was like, I wanted more. Like, you I wanted, wanted no, you wanted more. No, no, so you wanted to watch the child I porn. Did not, I don't police police. <laughs> I don't want to watch that, but I again wanted to know. So they saw this stuff happening, and I could see from their reactions what was going. And to be clear, for a movie, I think it is a great device to mm-hmm. not actually show what happened and just show the characters' reactions. Yes. Yes. But me in my world of wanting to know everything, yeah. I'm immediately like, I want to see what's happening. Like, what is it really that bad? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so, it's that bad. It's just funny. The, the funny part is not the child abuse. The funny part to me is you being like, it was so awful and I'm so glad I didn't see it. And I'm like, I guess it was pretty bad. They seemed like it was bad. But how would I know if I don't get to see it? You should probably show it to me. Let me find out for myself. I didn't like that little bit of him just watching it and hearing the sounds coming from the video. 
I was like, this is just like grossed out. And I had forgotten about it. Like, so coming out of it the first time, the sex scene erased all that other stuff. All yeah. I could think about was the penis. It's very, <laughs> it's very easy, I think, to forget about that subplot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then I'm watching it again. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I got to watch this shit again. And we got to have this fucking baby porn shit talk again. And I got to fucking deal with this again. That just was so disturbing. That is another feel, thing about this movie that I felt is very affecting. And it could have, it could not easily, but it could have just been a story about, and I do think that the child porn thing wasn't in the original story. Mm-hmm. I feel like I read that. Yeah. So that they added that, another layer of who she is as a person and her sense of right and wrong and her desire to bring justice. I'm here for, I'm fucking here for her. What we talk about with cats in America and like the sense of justice and right and wrong. I'm like, Tina, Rava, I'm here for it. Let's go. Like, I love her. I love, like, she says, I don't see the point of evil. I don't want to hurt anyone. Is it human to think that way? It's not human. It's it's the reality of the world, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like. I don't know. Maybe it is human. May, maybe it is. Maybe animals. And maybe the trolls are close enough to animals that there is no right and wrong. There's just live or die. Yeah. There's maybe. just survival. Right. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I or just, maybe they're close enough to humans that they actually should abide by that same, and many of them do by, abide by that same philosophy as well. I, I don't know. I, but I mean, that's that question was never answered. Yeah. No, I, I guess, it, yeah, is it human to think that way? This is a really good question. But I love that she says she doesn't see the point of evil, like, and that she doesn't want to hurt anyone because... It's funny, too, you say that and you ask, is that human? And my response would be, yes, that absolutely is human because humans are the only creatures on the planet that have a sense of what evil actually is other animals yes, are yes instinctive. it's just survival it's instinct right yeah. and i do think and that-, that was what i was kind of getting at with him saying you know well yeah i'd be disgusting if i were a human but i'm not a human is mm-hmm. he yes he he obviously is very human-like to the point where he knows all of these things and i would imagine then that because she too is a troll living in a human world who has been able to make this decision um i that they obviously have human qualities and if they can understand what evil is and what disgusting is then they have the ability to behave differently um but if it's not really part of their repertoire as trolls can they be held accountable and held responsible for behaving a certain way if it really is just who they instinctual. are. Instinctual. just doing, doing what nature needs. Right. If they really, even if they talk about evil or disgusting, if they don't actually have a real concept of it. But he's doing, he's intentionally doing bad things. It seems that way. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just saying it's an interesting he, thought. He justifies to himself why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He knows that it's, but he doesn't, what, how does he talk about humans? He talks about them like they're trash. Yeah. Like they, they do this to their, he's like, they do it to themselves. Yeah. They do this to their own offspring. Mm-hmm. Um, and to nature. They yeah. just use it up and yeah. and there's a, certainly an element of truth to that. Yeah. So um, I have a couple questions for you. One, how much would you love to have the connection to nature that she does? Where the fox just comes to you and the moose just stands there and lets you pet it. Yes. And you know the deer are going to cross the There road. was also, there was a scene, it may have been right after she saw her father uh, confronted him. But there was a scene at one point, I think that was when it was, she was really upset and she just kind of ran into the woods, wandered into the woods and laid down on the ground mm-hmm. and was just in the mud and the moss and was kind of tearing at the moss. And yeah, that was a thought I had when she was doing that was, fuck, I just want to go out and just lay in the mud and the moss and the grass. And and it's just, it's interesting because I saw the things that she was doing just in terms of, of that even, of just sitting or, you know, being in the lake or just just laying down or running through the woods or any of that and wanted so desperately to do it. And yet there's also that voice in the back of my head that's immediately like, you'd get really dirty <laughs> and there might be bugs and you you don't want bugs crawling on you, do you? Think of the laundry you'd have to do. You'd have mud under your nails mm. for days. Like all of those stupid little... Um, uh, not even human thoughts, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know, city dweller thoughts. But the the connection to animals. Yeah. Very yeah. kind of like... When she started petting Cinderella the moose, with the birds and the mice and the... Yeah. When she stopped for the deer. That was great. Um, 
Yeah, I would definitely. And I did actually ask myself that at some point in the movie. It was a really interesting uh, question to ask myself was, would I be willing, would I be willing to be like her, mm-hmm. look like her, be deformed in the terms yeah, of... Yeah, that's the next question I have. Yeah. Would you want to be a troll and have that connection? Exactly. Because there's obviously a huge trade-off there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a good answer for that. Because the reality is I live in the human world and I can very easily recognize how difficult it would be even just to look like her. Not even to have the other physical issues, but to just plain look like her. How difficult it would be to navigate this world. Yeah. And how much I... I'm not... I'm not a beauty. Like, I get that. But I don't look like a troll. Right. You don't stick out. Right. Um, and I... You fit in. I can't... Yeah, except for, like, the supreme resting bitch face, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that that's something that I obviously would ever want. But I don't even know if it's something that I would would trade off even for that connection. I think the older I get, the more apt I am to say that I would. Yeah. Because beauty's a young man's game. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) The older you get, the more you're like, I could just commune with nature and get rid of all these people (laughs) and who gives a shit what other people think about me. And I don't know. It's true. Yes, it's true. I feel like that is (laughs) the older everybody gets this. That is how people feel. Yeah. The people who are old and clinging to their youthful looks like, Y'all need to let it go. Just let that shit go. Looks only get you so far. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Would you? Yeah, I like to be comfortable. And if I was going to do that, if I was going to become, I guess, a troll, um, then I probably would have to accept that I wouldn't be living the same kind of life like I wouldn't yeah right I would have to go be with the other trolls and he said it's a hard life yeah um and I think you know I imagine part of what he was talking about was if there is this hunting still going on that obviously you have to always remain on the move so I think that was probably a big part of what he meant by it's a hard life but trolls live in the mountains Mm -hmm. and in the woods and you know they don't Yeah, they don't have cable TV and I mean, it's electricity. Like nature, Target Run, right? Starbucks, Starbucks. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be rough. Uh, next question: How badly do you want that wolf hoodie that she's wearing at the end? I would like it. I, I, I do. I feel like I immediately need to run out and find it no i I feel like it was a zipper hoodie too which i mean i'm here for and it's got that so my only problem with zipper hoodies that have any kind of like pictures or patterns is you wash them and then they kind of shrink around the zipper and get bunched i got you so i would actually prefer a pullover Mm -hmm. but no i i yeah i enjoyed it i would take it um it was a good shirt. I need to. I need to find and and I love the look that she has at the end with the wolf hoodie and then like the like flowy I love the flowy skirt. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like she's she's moved into she's forget that old stuffy uniform from when she was like working. I as did a, wonder. I'm assuming she's not working anymore. But I did immediately wonder once I saw her like that and saw that she had embraced the nature side. Mm-hmm. Did she already own this land? Like, is she still paying That's rent the or feeling something? that I can, She has a like, guest house on it. I think that it's just hers. And she's obviously she, like, not... have to pay... I'm not Swedish. I don't know. Do you have to continue to pay taxes? Like, uh, you know. I'm sure you have to pay taxes. Does she have... Maybe her dad died and left her all his money. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe she just doesn't give a fuck. She's, like, completely off the radar now. You saw maybe. her car was, like, not drivable. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you got bugs and shit around to eat, so... She doesn't need... I did think it was really interesting when he started eating the grubs and she was like, that's disgusting. And he was like, says who? Humans? And she's like, everybody. And I'm thinking like, dude, I had friends who ate worms. (laughs) It's not that gross. I mean, they were kids at the time. He kept calling them maggots. I'm like, they're grubs. They're like mealworms. Although maybe maybe in the story they were maggots and they just didn't actually want to hold maggots. I don't know. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) I... So when she goes to her to confront her father and he's in the home, I was just like, y'all, if your parents aren't in a home yet, confront them about the truth now. If you need truth, get it now before they're in the home. Because when they're, when they're in the home and they're, they've got the dementia, you're just not going to get answers. They're going to kick you out. You may not get answers regardless. You may not, but yeah. I feel like 
Uh, I also, uh-huh. <laughs> when she kicks Roland out, she mm-hmm. just fucking takes the TV and chucks it out into the yard. That made me mad. Oh, no. I felt good about that. I was like, yes. By all means, kick him out. But <laughs> that was a nice TV. I like anything that was bad. Like, when Vore comes and meets Roland, and Roland immediately doesn't trust him, and he's talking to, what was the dog's name? Tara. Tara. Tara's, Tara's suspicious of him. She thinks there's something going on. And I, at first, I'm like, is, she, is he talking about a person? No, fuck, he's talking about the dog. Um, but, like, just the way that he was with Vore and... Yeah, Roland was such a fucking shit. Mm. I didn't think he was that bad until he tried to rape her in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was like, like I thought he was a dick, but he was also really nice to her. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, as long as they have an understanding, maybe it's all cool. And then he tried to fuck her while she's sleeping, and it's like, mm, yeah. maybe not. I liked the first moment um, when they're together. I want to say they're at the guest house, maybe, when he first gets there. And he sees where she was struck by lightning on her face. He yeah. says, what's that? And she said, I was struck by lightning as a child. And he's like, oh. And he says, lightning is no laughing matter. And he shows her. And then she, he's like, you can touch it if you want. And so she reaches out and she's touching his, like, his chest and his shoulder. And then he leans in to try to kiss her. And it's so awkward and weird. And I was just like, yes. It's, I love that awkward, weird shit. It's so fun to watch. Um, and then she, like, kind of runs off. Um, yeah, it was great. God, it was good. Um, but yeah, like, at the end of it all, to me, this movie is about finding yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's about... It's self-discovery, And it's sure. also about, like, believing in yourself and fighting for what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say the same for Vore. He knows who he is, and he knows what he believes, and he fucking fights for that. And she fights for what she believes. Um, so this, like, self-discovery and acceptance, it's just really beautiful. Um, and done this way in the kind of fairy tale sense, um, I don't know. It just makes me really happy. I think everybody should see this movie. It's so good. I don't, I guess happy isn't what comes to mind because I do think there's, yes, it's nice that she, nice. It's good. It's great. It's wonderful that she finds herself and, and that she has these ideals that she holds so strongly to. But there's also this other level where, in order for her to abide by what she believes to be true, she's going to be alone. Even if she no, finds... She has a troll baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, she does have a troll baby that I'm assuming <laughs> is going to go unregistered <laughs> and someday is going to have to navigate the world in some fashion. Even if she finds these other mysterious trolls in Finland, it sounds like it's basically a diaspora as well. You know, they're mm. all over the place. They're on the run as well. So... She's always going to be an outcast in one way or another. Um, and I, just because of that, and I, I, I actually, I think that adds to it and it makes all of her decisions that much more noble mm-hmm. and makes her seem that much stronger. So as far as a personal journey goes, I think it makes the story that much better. Yeah. But I can't say I'm, it, it doesn't leave me happy because I can still see all of the hardship that she's going to endure I think it's worth it, though. I think that's... Well, no, that's what I mean by that's what makes her strong yeah. and, and a great heroine, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not left with a feeling of happiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's me, though. <sighs> trolls and pop... So, so... the the You're about to w- say trolls and pop culture. And pop culture. So, no, before I say like, that... Like what? When like, she goes... Fall into the gap. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite trolls when she goes to see where her parents are buried. like lord of the rings you know <laughs> oh they have a cave troll when she goes when she goes to see her parents where her parents are buried and it's just this green just grass with unmarked stones. graves yeah and, and it's sad and heartbreaking that all these creatures or people or whatever you call them have died um and she's, you know, it's heartbreaking that she doesn't ever know her parents. And is she ever even going to, she doesn't know at this point if she's ever going to see another troll. Right. Right. And she's just grieving that loss. But it's this beautiful green grass and these stones. And it just makes me think of those damn trolls from, what movie is it? I don't know. There's a, a, some cartoon movie where the trolls, trolls? are part of it. And they're, they roll up into stones and then they unroll and they're, so when they're quiet, they're like little stones and little round stones in the ground. Fuck, what is this movie? It might be Frozen. 
Okay, I haven't seen Frozen because it was too overwhelming. It might be Frozen. I feel like... The first five minutes was too much. I couldn't take it. Yeah, I could be off. I could be way off about that, but I feel like it's for... I could be way off about that. But then there's like Trolls movies now. And You mean like the cartoon Trolls? Yeah, uh that's a thing. And then, you know, like the little troll dolls from like the... Yeah, sure. I had Trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a bridge troll in... um, God, what's the movie with Mad Mardigan? Willow? Yeah. The bridge troll? Yeah. That... Willow zaps with a wand and then it turns into like this giant two-headed monster or three-headed mm-hmm. monster. Yeah, I feel like trolls in pop culture are either really cute or really gross. Like they're never, there's never an in-between. I I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Brian Froud. Do you know Brian Froud? That name is very familiar, but he's an artist. Um, artiste. An artiste. So he helped design the creatures also for Labyrinth. Ah, yes. Um, but... Growing up, we had Brian Froud's Fairies, which was written by someone else, but I think I he know did all book. the illustrations. Yes. It is my favorite illustrated book, hands down. And as a child, too, I loved it so much because it was so beautiful and terrifying at the same time. Every page you would turn, there was there would be like this most beautiful ethereal fairy drawing, and then you would read about it and find out that she was actually you know, someone who would call men to their deaths. And you would turn the page and you would find Ursk was one of my favorites. And he's this horrifying looking creature who is, uh, he's kind of like part man, part goat. And he hides from people because he's scared of them. And he hides off in the woods. And he's really just this sad, lonely creature, um, which makes him so, um, so human, mm. even though he looks like this terrifying thing. And, and mm. that's, he actually wants contact as well but of course if any human comes upon him they're scared and they run off and they're terrified of how he looks um and i remember as a little kid even i would like turn to that page and be like well if i ever saw you i'd be your friend (laughs) but he he does also have i don't have the book trolls but he has a book about trolls too with all of his illustrations and because he's such an amazing artist yes they are still ugly in the way that you would expect trolls to be but there's he's he imbues everything with beauty um, so they look beautiful as well as grotesque. Yes, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, beautiful and scary, which is like my favorite combo. Then you it's like, should. It's like, it's a, it's like uh, the Grand Canyon. Beautiful. Terrifying. Could kill you. Sure. It's just a giant fucking rip in the it's ground. Hole in the ground, yeah. But it's, and it's awe-inspiring. I would argue it's not and, really going to kill you. You're going to kill yourself in it. But something to be standing on the edge of that and to know that you could just fall off and you would be dead. Um, it's yeah. th- That's just part of it. When you see things out in the world that are... And, and the Grand Canyon isn't grotesque, but it's dangerous. There's mm-hmm. danger in it. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Fairies and trolls. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Anything else about Border? I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I did like it. Um, again, I would have been more uh, wanting to watch it if you had kind of said something else about it, maybe. So hopefully people who listen to this will hear that we're actually talking about a movie that was pretty good. Yeah, no, it's you know, this really, really good. Yeah, yeah, this isn't the horrifying <laughs> jokester horror movie yeah. that I feel like Leah described initially. It was nominated me. in the 2019 Oscars for Best... No, it was like, Best like, Makeup, Makeup, I think. I think, yeah. They were submitted for Best Foreign Film, but they didn't make it into the list. And, and I'm not saying by any means this was not one of the best movies that I've seen ever. Like, I I wouldn't say that it was amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, just in terms of, like, the handful that we talked about. I I love Pan's Labyrinth. I would still say I like Pan's Labyrinth more. Mm-hmm. Let the Right One In, I, I like more. But this was a really good yeah. movie. And it has, I mean, it's different from anything you're ever going to see. Yeah. Do you have a, do you remember the first foreign language film you ever saw? Um, there were a handful in school, like for French. I remember Manon de Sauce. Um, I remember her movie and I can't remember the name of it, but I remember being shown it in French class and it was the woman from Braveheart who played his love interest in Braveheart. Sophie, okay. Sophie, Sophie Morceau. Yeah. I think it's Sophie Morceau. Yeah. So she's a French actress and it was one of her first movies. So she was like 12 years old. And it was basically like a coming of age movie with this young girl. But I remember her going to the roller skating rink at some point with her friends. And all I could think was like, 
they still have roller skates. They're not even <laughs> using rollerblades. This is so pathetic. <laughs> um, but I think Menon de Sauce was one of the first. And then I'm sure there were others that I, I don't know, like there were Seven Samurai. I don't know that I sat all the way through that. I'm sure there are some that I saw as a kid that just didn't necessarily connect because maybe I didn't want to read the subtitles or, you know. Mm -hmm. There were obviously a lot of Godzilla films. Uh, Godzilla, I would say, would be the first foreign movie I probably ever saw. However many of the Godzilla movies. I think the first one I ever saw, it was probably when I was in high school, was Run, Lola, Run. I still haven't seen Run, Lola, Run. Yeah. Didn't appeal to me. I was like, ah, somebody's just running. I don't like it. I can't even remember why Maybe I was in college. I can't remember why I watched it. I remember watching it with a friend. Um, it was good. Yeah. I I've it. heard good things. It mm-hmm. was just meh. Yeah. That was, I, I can't remember her name, but she's the same woman from The Born Identity. It's Franca Potente. Yeah. Yeah. And The Born Identity was good. She was good. Yeah. She's a good actress. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me about Border. I'm glad that you're not yet infected with coronavirus. Mm, that we're aware of. Everybody stay safe out there. And we'll see y'all later. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Happy Monday, or whatever day it is that you're listening to the show. Um, I first wanted to credit the article that I mentioned in the sh- um, in this episode. It's I accidentally walked into Border, and it kind of changed my life by Howard Fishman, and it was published in the New Yorker on November 28th, 2018. So credit where credit is due um, to that gentleman who wrote that article. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't have much else to say right now. I'm really grateful that you guys are listening. We are, Lindsay and I both are really grateful. Um, We hope everybody's staying safe and and healthy out there. Um, Staying at home if you can. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun. I fucking love the fucking shit out of this movie and I really hope you guys if you haven't seen it please watch it I'm pretty sure it's still streaming on Hulu it's incredible just take a chance on a great movie guys it's totally worth it totally worth your time um anyway I'm trying to think what else oh next week upcoming I am not 100% on this but I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a very special episode with someone who has not seen Titanic I know you're probably like what in the fucking fuck what is why what is wrong with the world how did somebody get by without seeing the movie Titanic um so yeah that's the plan we have found the one person in the world who hasn't seen it and we're gonna sit down with this person and we're gonna have a great conversation so tune in for that um you know as always wherever you're listening whatever platform we'd love it if you'd subscribe rate us write us a review if you're so inclined we want to hear from you whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it i will never stop saying that we want to know what's going on in your heads put it down put it down not on paper but on the internet we don't care if it's five stars or one star or three stars or two stars or four stars or whatever the fuck number stars um we're also on twitter at movie virgins pod you can check us out there And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we love y'all, and stay safe, and we'll see you next time.